0: I'm ready.
1: Hi everybody. Welcome back to Wings with Friends Oak City Comedy Festival edition. I am here at the Aloft Downtown Raleigh with my good friend. Can I say we're friends?
0: I uh, you can say that.
1: <coughs> but
0: No, there's you no can caveat. Say that. <laughs> yeah.
1: With my good friend, comedian, funny great person, Gabe Pacheco.
0: Yes, that's right. I'm here in lovely Raleigh, North Carolina with you today, Marie, because we are married.
1: You
0: want, I wanted to call you Maria Maria
1: Maria Carla.
0: Yes, that's right. But we are here in Raleigh for the Oak uh, City Comedy Fest, which is fantastic. It's only in its second year, but it feels to me like like a fifth year. Yeah, it's so professionally run, it's a well oiled machine. And not only that, but my mind was blown reflecting on the lineups last night on every show. This is by far the most diverse comedy show that I've ever been. Uh, involved with?
1: I was thinking that myself last night. Um, one, yes, wonderfully produced. And I was telling somebody else, um, I felt that when I walked into the outpost and Shadi says to me, are you okay? How are you doing? And I'm like, I'm good. But just, I felt that empathy and that care. Like, she cared about me. Yeah. And that goes so long, That's that goes a long way with me. Yeah. Um,
0: she saw you.
1: She saw yeah, I'm going to cry now, because yeah. that's all we want.
0: I feel taken care of here. Yeah. So.
1: And then this is a very diverse festival.
0: Yeah, I was looking at the lineups, and, you know, just to see uh, so many Latinos, first of all, yeah. from all over the country here, on the same lineups as me. So there yeah, isn't, like, one token. and we're not calling token. it, like,
1: Hispanic Panic of Oak City or anything. It's uh, just, it just is. Right.
0: It's not Latinos love to laugh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Triple L! Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, everybody's here. You know, the whole spectrum, the whole rainbow is represented.
1: You know what, Gabe, though, this, this festival is so diverse, but every punchline is white people, am I right?
0: (laughs) And you know what, the audience full of uh, khaki-shorted white (laughs) people is loving it. They're like,
1: (laughs) why not? We love it when people talk about us.
0: Yeah, we all just want to be seen.
1: We do. We are learning so much. Like, I'm having so many, like, aha moments. Yeah. It's only been a short time. How has the festival been treating you so far? I guess that's what we're talking about. But how have your shows gone?
0: Well, I got a lot of love last night. I did Neptunes, which is a fantastic room. I'd heard about the room before I even came down to Raleigh. Uh, so it was, it was nice to uh, go there and experience it firsthand. And, uh, yeah, I think we, we all did eight to ten minute sets. Uh, Lauren Farber was the uh, headliner. Nice. And she, was, she blew, blew the roof off the show. You know oh,
1: that's
0: so good uh, but um, tonight I'm gonna be at Kings and oh. I'm really looking forward to that and then tomorrow night at Charlie Goodnight's.
1: Cool. And oh uh gosh. what's
0: I, I've heard about Charlie Goodnight's, you know, but I'd never uh, I walked uh, there for the first day to check in, and right next to it is a a penitentiary. So what a <laughs> what a surreal uh, encounter it was to just walk past triple barbed wire fences <laughs> to then go to a comedy club. It was like the uh, comedy and tragedy masks, <laughs> the smile and the la- and the and the frown, like encapsulated. Yeah. yeah.
1: I didn't Injury when I went there, I'll a look a little bit closer. Sure. Um, I I'm doing a something in Durham tonight uh, at one of the open mics. I'm not I'm not scheduled on the festival tonight. Oh,
0: Dirty Bull Brewery. Yeah. And uh, Rob Schneider runs it. Not the famous Rob Schneider oh. from SNL, but Robert Schneider, and he's a he's a gem. That guy's great. So uh, shout outs to him.
1: Yeah. Bye, India. Thank you. Come to Neptune's tomorrow night
0: at seven. Bye India. I'm gonna I'll send you the address as soon as I'm done with this.
1: We uh, need the best fan doing this, yeah. India. She's beautiful and happy and nice and fun.
0: Oh, my gosh. She just uh, became my IG friend and smashed the like button on, like, 15 photos in a row. Nice. So now we're like, super friends. The yeah. algorithm is going to link us for life.
1: <laughs> That's how you do it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Um, so, yeah, but I so I have just opened mic tonight, but tomorrow I'm going to be at Neptune, so I'm really excited that you said it's really good.
0: Yeah, you're going to have a great time there.
1: So we had some really good wings from Wings Over Raleigh here in Raleigh. Yep. What was your flavor?
0: I ordered the teriyaki, and I don't know if I would do it again. It's not that the it's the the flavor was good, but the stickiness was uh, uh, at an eleven, it's and really I was sticky. looking for like a seven.
1: Oh, uh, well, that's what you get when you get teriyaki. You should have known better. I should have known better. I did think it was a basic teriyaki, like sure. a, the basic bitch of teriyaki. I um, I love going to a place that kind of makes their own or, you know, if you're getting like a teriyaki bowl.
0: That's what I'm like all about. Basic yeah. teriyaki. Totally. This was definitely, um, a very, it was almost like a General Toes chicken. Yes. F- uh, syrup.
1: Yeah, great value teriyaki. From Walmart. <laughs> um, but I don't mean to diss too much on the wings because their wings are very good. Well, Did you the, try the, any of the other flavors?
0: The dry lemon pepper wings really were a fantastic palate cleanser.
1: You know what? Those lemon peppers have been the bell of the ball. Everybody loves the lemon pepper. Sure. And I think it's because they don't get soggy because it's a dry rub
0: so important when it comes to wings. They're
1: crispy, and then they have that little zest, and then the little pepper, and it's like, mm-mm-mm, good.
0: I've recently decided that my favorite flavor is actually more of a Tabasco cayenne pepper, straight flavor, that, uh, rather than to do anything sweet. You know,
1: Like a buffalo, then?
0: Yeah, we'll say buffalo. Because yeah. I think but that's I eat it all without kind blue of- cheese. Oh. I just go straight, straight in with no extra coating or cream.
1: So, yeah, you said that. You said it's too many flavors.
0: I'm a simple man with simple tastes.
1: I think that's okay. You want to appreciate that one flavor at a time. Yes. I like
0: that. Yeah, like my favorite cereal, Grape Nuts.
1: It's not grape and it's not nuts.
0: It's not grape or nuts. And most people think it's definitely not a kid's cereal. But maybe I was born with an old soul.
1: Does this guy look like George W. Bush if he was on vacation?
0: Yes. Like back on the wagon. Or off the wagon.
1: Back off the. Oh my God! It looks oh and sounds God. just like him.
0: He he does. He just turned. I got a he's full like, frontal. It's
1: like G W. He's in Aruba for maybe six months. Yeah. He's.
0: Wow. He sounds like him too. He's ordering a drink. I hope
1: we're catching this on the podcast right now because we're being really low. Yeah. But I think we are. He does. I'm.
0: Yeah. You know, the last president people just wanted to have a drink with. <laughs>
1: Isn't it funny how our views on him have changed over the last several years? Well,
0: I never forget the fact that he is a uh, genocidal warmonger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's it, keep that in the back of our brains.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter that he now draws pictures. Like, who best cares? friends with
1: Michelle Obama.
0: Dude, all of that, because oligarchs uh, have more in common with each other than they do with the rest of us.
1: <laughs> okay, but I'll tell you one thing that happened that was super likable. Um, I, and I think compared to what we have right now, it seems kind of likable. Um, but uh, he was at a Rangers game, and there was a person doing their, their newscast. And they're like, all right, back here, da da And these guys walk behind her, and one of them goes, ah! Literally, yes. that's what he did. He has his beer in his hand, he's like, ah! It was George W. Bush. What? <laughs> he, so- like, photos?
0: That's crazy. But, and Good job. Just,
1: he was like a frat guy. Like, I'm like
0: Yeah. <sighs> no, he was. He was a frat guy. I think
1: he still is. He, and yeah. he's here now at a Aloft.
0: Downtown Raleigh. <laughs> we're we're at loft right now. A-loft. In Raleigh. And it's fantastic. It's like 95 degrees outside, and it's a perfect climate-controlled 72 in here.
1: It really is. And you know what? I didn't see that they had a pool when I did my research, so I didn't bring a bathing suit. So I'm really mad because I want to go in the pool. There is a pool.
0: I think there's a Walmart down the street you can go to and get one target yeah sure same thing think about it
1: i am thinking about it right now that's no, why i, I can tell i see like,
0: the gears uh, turning do you know
1: have any bathing suits i own because i didn't bring one on uh, vacation are you
0: an impulse bathing suit buyer
1: no it's like a, i'm a bed planner so i have to go buy them yes one time i went to palm springs for work for a meeting yeah and it was november so i was like i'm not gonna bring a bathing suit it's gonna be too cold it wasn't yeah. thanks to global warming it's hot all year round and it's palm springs
0: yeah and the thing about Palm Springs is you don't even need a towel because it's the desert. So the moment you get out of the water, it immediately evaporates off your body.
1: Yeah, I'm from Phoenix.
0: Sure, same thing. I could have told you that. Yeah.
1: I'm not trying to get competitive with you right now, Gabe.
0: I'm going to retire to the desert. Yeah? Yeah, I think I'm a desert fox. More Or like a rangy coyote. That's the, that's the climate that uh, really suits me. I see what you did. Do
1: you think... Because I just had a good idea... Do you think if we took a picture with that guy, people would think it was George W.
0: Bush? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Some people would. I'm going to say yes, but I also don't want to bother this man on his I vacation know. right yeah, now. I know, yeah,
1: because he's got to fuck that lady later.
0: Yeah. Or he's he already did. To... I think
1: they already did, probably. Yeah, Do you, you see think... how relaxed they look?
0: Yes. Um, Very intimate. It's
1: really weird right now because I just dropped my ginger ale. Yeah. And, uh, Gabe, I'm sorry. I am a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm falling apart.
0: Is this your fourth interview of the day?
1: This is my fifth or sixth.
0: See, I mean, there it is. You're a consummate professional and a content creation is what you're all about.
1: But you know, Gabe, I should have saved you and made you a first of the day interview because we had such a good conversation last night.
0: I We were vibing.
1: We were like so, we were like, we're so, oh my God, my butt did that. Well, um,
0: okay, so. I'm just uh, gonna stay
1: still. At
0: <laughs> the the show that you were on, I, we weren't on the same show, but I, I went to watch your show, because my friend uh, Davidson Boswell was on the same lineup, and uh, Jason Acevedo, and you had such a great set, and it it was a little bit later in the night, and I think there weren't as many people there as, as you deserve to have watch you.
1: Oh, but my I God. But I really
0: appreciated uh, your writing, and also then you brought up that uh, you're half Mexican, and I uh, I thought, oh, uh, you know, same, same Z's. So, you know, my dad's Mexican and uh, your mom's Mexican. So I was like, I want to talk to her and see what she's all about.
1: They're a brother and sister. Did you know that? We're cousins.
0: (laughs) Well, it could be possible. My dad has like 37 brothers and sisters. (laughs) I don't think
1: it's possible because your family seems a little bougier than mine. Mine's like Rancho Mexican. We
0: are super bougie. Well, uh, my dad's parents were migrant workers. Okay,
1: never mind. Mine are too. So,
0: yeah, uh, he he was fortunate enough to uh, go to, I think he was the first member of his family to go to college, mm-hmm. and then uh, he was a striver. My dad was definitely a striver. He had all the self-help books, and he married my mom, and she was a lawyer. So they ended up moving to D.C., and that's where I was raised.
1: Oh, nice. So I'm
0: super bougie, very affluent. Uh,
1: but you know what? Not I was in raised the w- in the swamp. Well, not in the way that I probably intended it, but it's a good— that's not, I, I'm very jealous of your upbringing. Of-
0: it's an aspirational story. But uh, not anyone can do it, which is, you know, when you hear that, I don't want people to feel like we can all just raise ourselves up by our, the bootstraps and make it. There's a lot of obstacles out there. Yeah. And I never forget that. And I, I think a lot about uh, when the, with the stand-up I do right now, um, I definitely try to uh, acknowledge things like immigration and customs enforcement terrorizing uh, the Latino community and immigrants in the U.S., and also the hardships that a lot of Latinos in the U.S. have.
1: Yeah, I, I do feel it as being you know half Mexican. I grew up. Um, we went to Tijuana probably every weekend. I'm from San Diego. We'd yeah. go almost every weekend to see. There was a, a period of time where my grandparents moved up from the Rancho and they moved to Tijuana so that they could see everybody more. We could help them and do more with them. But yeah. they really have their um, you know their ranch or whatever in um, Topeak, uh which is in Nayarit. Yeah. So, for that time, we would go there all the flippin' time. I don't know if I really loved doing that, but i it was very normal to me. But I think growing up, seeing that, like, if you drive to Tijuana, it's a super big city now. Sure. But, like, you, I don't know, you just see a couple different, see some different perspectives, and I think it makes you appreciate things, and you know that not everybody has everything at their fingertips.
0: That's right. And also, San Diego is a, a, a hyper-clean, hyper-controlled, hyper-air-conditioned, United States City and one of the reasons that it can be that is because all of the vices of that city and all of the Working-class of that city are on the other side of the border. Yeah So it is it is the hyper divide between the haves and the have-nots
1: So really ironic when somebody wants to shut down the border and not let people come in It's like, <laughs> How are you gonna keep up your pristine resorts and your homes and your
0: that's all right. of that
1: like so and that's I think we were talking about it last night because I was like wait a second like you know, at first I feel like, oh, gosh, everybody hates Mexicans, or they hate migrants, or they hate this. And then I'm like, no, they don't. Like, I don't—they they love they love Mexican food. They love Mexican culture. They love Mexican—they love my Mexican mom. They like—like, like, what is it that they hate? Yeah. I don't know. These are the thoughts that I'm having.
0: Right. Well, you know, I, I think the conservative mindset—oftentimes uh, you hear people talk about ridiculous things like following the rules and, and not skipping the line. And uh, and these are like uh, very like black and white uh, black black and white, right. like, rule-oriented uh, lunatics Yeah. who um, who might see them not see themselves as being racist or part of uh, the white supremacist structure. And they, they just think, well, you know, if, if they followed the right path to citizenship, we'd be okay with it. But there is no right path right. to citizenship. And no one has ever followed a, a correct path to citizenship. My mom
1: had a pretty good path to citizenship.
0: And what was hers? Me! <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm an anchor baby.
0: Yeah, boom. I'm not really
1: an anchor baby. I think uh, an anchor baby is when you is what all my cousins did is in your 8th month Yeah, you come up you cross the work, end zone you cross the end zone and you have your baby Touchdown in, in California or LA yeah. or wherever and then you get the citizenship um, But those, those are the rules man. You can do that. That's Trump's right. trying to kind of like end that uh, You know if you step a foot across, but that's what this was all built on. No, my mom was working. I actually learned she was actually working here legally Yes. I always thought she was illegal. Because um, I guess there's a story they used to tell me. I would ask my mom, Mama, am I an illegal alien? And, and they'd
0: cho- be like, yes. She thought like, um, eres un extraterrestre. <laughs> ilegal."
1: <laughs> so, um, so anyways, no, that was kind of how I came to be here.
0: Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, we're, uh, you know, but I, 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 um, I think about uh, Mexican identity not so much even as a national thing, but uh, you know the United States was Mexico for a long time. Huge parts of it were, including all of Texas, California, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico. And uh, that being said, uh, we've been here forever. As long as there's been, we've been here longer than the United States has existed. Yeah. And so it is a cultural identity that has to be acknowledged and should not remain invisible or seen as something other that should be pushed out or put into camps.
1: Yeah. So I said this to you last night, I'll say it again or try not to be annoying, but I was in a Chicano studies class at San Diego State (laughs) and we were talking about the Mexican-American War and our professor talks about this particular battle. It was held actually just over here and she kind of tells us where and everybody across the classroom goes, oh, where the mall is. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, where the mall is. Now I can't remember the name of the mall, but...
0: I love that. You know, what if uh, you go to Gettysburg, and they're like, and this is where Pickett's Charge happened. And they're like, that's where we have an AM-PM now. <laughs> you can get Malamars there and muscle milk.
1: <laughs> well, there's probably a lot of that already happening we don't even realize.
0: Sure. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> the entire country is built on a Native American graveyard. So shout-outs to history. <laughs> so sad. That's what one of my favorite movies is Poltergeist. Poltergeist. That's how
1: Poltergeist happens.
0: Sure and I covered that movie on uh, an episode of my podcast Eat Pray Judge Uh and we talked about it and uh, sort of you know how it's how it's uh, a great I don't know if it's a critique but metaphor for the U.S. Yeah and uh, we're living on haunted land Uh and all of our dysfunctions come from uh, our our origin story.
1: And pretty soon it's all going to come back and it wants its payment due.
0: That's right. Something like that. Sure, sure.
1: That's great. Tell me more about Eat, Pray, Judge because I love it just by the name. Uh, but tell me all about it.
0: Well, uh, I run a podcast called Eat, Pray, Judge with my co-host Sammy Hamarne, And we are old friends from Washington, D.C. We used to be roommates. And then after we, uh, we separated and we moved into two different apartments, we needed a reason to keep... <laughs> having so conversations. You liked each other. Yeah, we yeah, That's we nice. we love each other, yeah. you know. As you know, as all good friends. We're good friends and we would constantly talk about movies in the apartment and we thought, "Well, what's a better way to keep this this relationship, this friendship going than to, you know, continue talking about films?" And it's typically a movie that has that we cover that has fallen underneath one of our pop culture radars, okay. you know. Falling like under yeah, it? like one of us hasn't seen it. And since then, we've been inviting a variety of other comedians, mostly in New York City, because they come over to my apartment in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, to record with us. How uh, nice. You know, um, one of the latest episodes we did was Hero Dreams of Sushi with Usama Siddiqui. And he is a fantastic performer uh, out of Brooklyn, New York right now. Uh, Some past episodes also include guests like Zilla Vodnes, who we covered Poltergeist with.
1: Poltergeist. Yeah,
0: which is great. And we had uh, Sarah Kennedy uh, review Staying Alive, which was a sequel to Saturday Night Fever. It was. Yes.
1: That's when they take something really good and screw it up because. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, I had the privilege of seeing Staying Alive before I saw Saturday Night Fever. So I had a, uh, a much more charitable, Review of the film. Yeah, it was only after that that I saw, and it, it, like the it, the original Saturday Night Fever. And now I see exactly why it's such a piece of piece of poop, <laughs> piece of shit.
1: What's been your favorite movie to review on your podcast? Uh,
0: you honestly, I have to say that uh, uh, Hero Dreams of Sushi is the one that has resonated with me the most.
1: Sorry, it's okay. all of our friends are hanging out, having a good time. We're just kidding, Joe then, Hill.
0: They can't wait to you play pool. You do
1: <laughs> I wonder when they're gonna kick us out.
0: Yes, well you know what's great about Aloft is that they've allowed you to turn their upstairs bar into a recording studio.
1: I, I didn't even ask. This
0: is like Mark Marin's cat ranch garage.
1: Oh yeah I'll take that
0: yeah <laughs> um, yeah but Hero Dreams of Sushi was a really motivational film and I recommend it to anybody out there that is an artist or a creative that's yeah. thinking about what type of mindset they should have when uh, working on their craft love it Hero
1: yeah. Dreams Sushi
0: yes you know, he's an 85-year-old man and a master sushi chef who has a small restaurant that's a hole in the wall in a subway station in Japan. Oh, wow. And it's such a small place that the bathroom is outside of the where people eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such great sushi that people need to make reservations like two months ahead of time. Yeah. And he's not so much worried about money. He just is... All he's interested in is... Uh, excelling and perfecting his art little by little every day. Wow. And that's what, you know. I going to go watch it now. Yeah. That's what we're trying. That's what I'm trying to do. Isn't it though? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I was, I've been saying this a lot on this podcast today because I'm exhausted from just running around. It's a lot to like coordinate wings and places. And I was lucky things did work out with Aloft here. It's really nice. Thank you, Aloft. Um. But it's worth it. Like, so now as I've had these great conversations and gotten to know you guys a little bit better, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so worth it. Um, But sometimes it's hard to, like, get out of your comfort zone or even just to make that move to, like, okay, you know, and you guys, you guys had to come down here. Like, come, please come to this hotel. You know, you'll find it.
0: Sure. You Uh, know what? Uh, Yesterday, I feel like we connected at Outpost at the after party for the festival because you were seated there so calmly. And you, you just were uh, centered in, in a sea of, uh, you know, anxious, nervous energy. You were, a, you were a calm Buddha.
1: You really see me. This is <laughs> nuts. Um, you know, uh, my, one of my, was it my first festival? It was Big Pine. And it's in Flagstaff. It's kind of, uh, in a way, a local
0: festival for okay. me. Yeah. I love
1: the producers. They're fantastic. And I can't believe people are going to, don't sit here, don't sit here. Should um,
0: yeah, I apply no. to Big Pine?
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. And if, or everybody should go to Big Pine one way or another. Yeah. Well, is okay. it a
0: town? What's, what's...
1: Um, Big Pine is in Flagstaff, Arizona. Yeah. And, which is two hours north of Phoenix. And Flagstaff is like a little mountain town, kind of, uh, uh, Northern Arizona University is there. So it's like a college town, lots of breweries and everything's walking distance. So all the venues, um... Our walking distance, and it's just a—it's a fun. I've done it two years in a row. Probably won't. I'm, I'll probably do it differently this year. I mean, I, you can't really be in a festival three years in a row, but maybe you can. Um, but it is a fun festival, and the producers Hillary and Jack—they—they they do it for the love of comics and the love of festivals and, and comedy. So it's really great. Yeah. Um, what would I was saying. Oh, so the first festival I got into, I was like, well, I guess I'm going by myself. Like, how do I do this? And then I was like, Mary, just you'll want to it's a fight or flight right and it was like you'll want to run away and like seek you know retreat back to your hotel or whatever don't just push through it and stay and eventually somebody will talk to you because everybody feels the same way yes so I think I had to remind myself um, of that last night because this is I've been to been to a lot of festivals this year but this one I really don't know anybody and I don't you know nobody's like was rushing to like be my friend or even laugh at my show last night. So, so that's why I was like, Mary, you need to kind of remember to chill sure. out and relax and well, eat a I banana. don't laugh enough. Not you. You are fine. Thank I you. Ju- I
0: sit there and I just see ones and zeros and I'm like, set up. Excellent. <laughs> Punchline. Good <laughs> Do job. You really twist.
1: No, you don't.
0: Great. Ooh, good act out. I see that. Is she going to do her mom's voice now? Do your mom's voice. That's what this joke needs. Fantastic. Yes. Do you like Sabrina's
1: voice? I do. Do you really watch comedy that way?
0: I do. Yeah.
1: I'm okay with that. It's like a
0: rubric. I'm checking off boxes in my head. Did I check off the boxes? Well, yeah, I talked to you.
1: Thank you so much. Because do you ever... Okay, I, how long have you been doing comedy? I've
0: been doing it a while. I did my first open like mic it. in
1: 2004. Oh, okay. So well, I'm, I'm only in about four years, so I still question everything about myself. And and when somebody gives me a nice compliment like that, I'm like, I'll keep doing this another week.
0: Yeah. Like- <laughs> well, you know, the best thing to do when someone gives a compliment, I've found, is just to say, thank you. I appreciate that. Because the uh, impulse initially is to say, oh, whatever.
1: No, but when yeah. you
0: if you dismiss someone's compliment, you are you are like smacking a gift that they're giving you yes. out of their hands, and it's rude and disrespectful. So even though you think it's being humble, it's actually being
1: I shitty. I agree with that. I think it's the same thing. If somebody wants to buy you a drink, take the fucking drink.
0: That's right. And here's what I've been doing lately: if somebody wants to buy me a drink, I'll say, uh, "Well, because this is true, especially if it's beer, I get a headache the moment I drink a beer." So. Mike, breweries are a nightmare. I love performing at them, but I, I love a nice rum and coke after a show. Sure, sure. And if somebody's like, can I buy you a beer? I'll say, uh, well, I'm not really drinking uh, right now. I'm taking a little bit of a break. But if you'd like to spend the money and spend some time with me, buy this album.
1: Yeah, it's that's the really good. It's the exact
0: same amount of money, and we can hang out. Dang. So, you're that's, renting my time.
1: You're, wow. I was, that, that is pretty nice.
0: Yeah. We'll see uh, if it works out tonight.
1: Yeah. No, I do like the compliment. My good friend, um, Rick Esquieta, I don't know if you know him, but um, he's a great comedian. Yeah. He told me... That fucking ice. I wish I wish they'd stop. Just kidding. Don't they know we're
0: podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you studio? guys respect the pod?
1: <laughs> no, my good friend, Rick Esqueta, um, I won a Best of Fest at Big Pine last year. And he says to me, you enjoy these moments because we don't get a lot of paychecks in this... God damn it. Wendy, stop it. Um, okay. Okay. He said, we don't get a lot of paychecks in this business, but be, these are our paychecks right now until we start getting bigger paychecks, like whether it's best of fest or a drink or a compliment, like those are kind of like our paychecks right now. And I like that because I'm like, yeah, I'll take it.
0: Yeah. Validation. Okay. Uh, you need somebody it. to tell you to keep going.
1: I know. Right.
0: Yes. Yeah. Because as much as I'd like to think that we are, you know, we're not in a void. Uh, the, the work requires uh, some feedback. And something else that I've gotten very into recently is just putting things out. Put it out there, put the meme out there, put the picture out there, put the podcast out there. Because uh, you have to get the likes, you know, to keep going.
1: So I think that's fascinating. I was like that with this podcast, because it's like, you need to just get it out there. Like, yeah. if you want to be a comedian, go be a comedian. Right. Until you go on stage until a mic, you're not a comedian.
0: The worst thing in the world is to is to have that mentality that, well, one day I'll be ready. Mm-hmm. Or uh, as soon as I finish reading this book, then I'll have all the knowledge I uh, need before yeah. I can or put it out there. Or let me just there. go
1: buy these shoes, and then I'll go to the gym. That's right. So many shoes You doing just that.
0: go to the yeah. gym. When you watch the first Rocky, you know, he uh, he's going to go training, and he's wearing, like... The crappiest sweats and he just wakes up at like 4 in the morning, he goes outside, he runs, and then he starts punching frozen uh, cow carcasses. And then, you know, eventually you get to the point where you can have that gym. And and I'm not talking about like embracing poverty uh, or crappy conditions, but start where you're at.
1: Start where you're at. Absolutely. One of my friends, um, on an interview I did, he said that... um, there's, and I'm glad he said this because I've, I've always thought it but I didn't know what to call it. It's like you get some kind of... If you tell somebody about what you want to do, it gives you some sort of satisfaction to where you feel like you've done it but you still haven't done anything or like their reaction. Yes. If I say, oh, I really want to uh, record a special and then you validate that. Well, now I'm less likely to do it or I, I'm less motivated to do it because I've already gotten the validation but I haven't done shit. Yeah. So... It's kind of like, uh, what, do you, uh, what are you going to, sorry, I'm stuck on that picture. Anyway, um, it's like, just do it. Don't just talk about it. Like, go do it.
0: Yeah. Tell everybody ta- everybody talks. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that um, 90% of the people will, uh, will sh- try to shut down or negate or tell you why. And I've been uh, guilty of doing this, too. Like, just, well, if you're going to do that, you make sure you get the right microphones. Oh, like they think they're giving you helpful advice. Yeah. And part of your job is to ignore everyone's advice because no one knows how to do this. Life yeah. is flimsy, it has no meaning, and uh, the way that you will succeed will be totally different from anything that came before you.
1: Here's the thing, you already know. <laughs> you already know what you need to do to get better or to be successful, like we already know, like don't seek validation from outside sources. Yeah. Um, Like, take feedback here and there, but you know already. So stop asking for validation. I think ultimately we're all just sad, scared little children. Right. We're just like little kids.
0: Well, I look at all adults now, and when I feel like I'm in a... I look at every adult, and I still see the kid that they were. And I think that they're just children, uh, you know, in in dress dressing up like they think their parents. With the sleeves
1: too big. Yeah. And a briefcase.
0: Yeah, they're like, oh, you're trying, you're acting like you're an adult, but there's no such thing as an adult.
1: This is why I like I. I think I'm a pretty confident person. I'm pretty outgoing, but sometimes my confidence like wanes. Yeah. And then you know, I then I as I talk to some of these other people, I'm like, why am I not as confident? like I wish I had the confidence in comedy as like. A middle-aged white man. Sure. Like, they think they're so great, and I'm like, like me and some of my girlfriends back home. It's like if we had the confidence of some of these people, we would be like unstoppable. Yeah. Every once in a while, somebody wants to dim your light, though, and that bug bums me out. Sure. Do you ever have that happen? Uh, or is that a thing only happening to girls?
0: No, it happens to everybody. But your the job is to ignore everyone. So I have very selective uh, hearing. Hmm and I keep my, my uh, earbuds in all the time.
1: There's been a couple times, um, sometimes I'll get a little too confident, yeah. but I don't see, that's where I'm like, no, there's no such thing. Like, like, you know how people, like we can be like really cocky and boisterous and fun and everyone's having a good time. I feel like if I, if sometimes I get caught up in that, I'm like, wow, everyone's laughing at me. Like, it feels like the high school experience I never had, you know, in terms of, like, being the cool kid or whatever. And then sometimes it just goes a little too far, and then somebody's like, oh, you think you're hot shit? You know, and it's like, why can't I? Why uh, am the, I not The, the yeah.
0: Uh, hubris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer for this is.
1: Now I'm just venting. I don't, I'm i like, can you fix all my problems, Gabe? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh... Well, just realize that nobody likes a bragger.
1: Yeah, you're you
0: know? right. Yeah. And, no, and also nobody cares about the successes that I've had or that you have had. Yeah. So when you talk to a friend, just listen.
1: So, but I'm not, I mean, I get that. I'm not talking about bragging though. I'm just talking about being like friendly, like, like, I don't know. Anyways, I'm having a lot of thoughts and feelings about this lately. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's got to be intense. I'm interview number five or six today. I'm
1: just exhausted now. Yeah. I feel like like I'm at the end of a a really long gangbang, you know, where you're just like the (laughs) worn out.
0: You're like, I just need some Pedialyte.
1: The lube's all gone. (laughs)
0: You're
1: like, ugh, just jizz everywhere. Just kidding. It's not that kind of podcast.
0: No. But I imagine
1: that's what it would be like for... um, the porn stars,
0: Sure. Well, they are consummate performers and fantastic actors.
1: They really are. I
0: have uh, nothing but re- uh, respect for anybody that's been in that game and has longevity.
1: Right. Did you know Mia Khalifa only did porn for like three months?
0: Yeah, she's like a comedian that only did stand-up until they got their first movie role, and then they were like, I'm out of here. That was, Or a rapper that puts out one album, and they're like, I actually just wanted to be a clothing designer.
1: She, yeah... <laughs> She um she was on Lance Armstrong's podcast that I listened to yeah. a couple times because I am fascinated by because it's called Moving Forward yeah and I'm fascinated by anybody who goes through something really like big and keeps going
0: sure well, does what does a- she do now
1: she's she probably does she does appearances um she's just got engaged to this like hot chef guy great um I think she's a sports girl so she she gets a lot of work that way like because she's into like um hockey she has her teams and stuff and it seems like if you follow her like and she's an influencer I guess might be the best description one word description
0: yeah celebrity for celebrity's sake
1: right but as big as she is or was oh my god look at that dog oh my god oh my god
0: she was a flash in the pan she was three three months it's
1: jenna and um, the bush twins
0: (laughs) just kidding (laughs) sorry
1: uh, the podcast is... Um, podcast is It's off the rails. It's off the rails. I'm so sorry. I bet your podcast is way more professional. It makes more sense.
0: Well, uh, no. Okay. They're all like this. Okay. They, uh, the sound might be better. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm a little ADD, and we've got a lot of movement going on in here.
1: I am praying that when I upload this, I can pull out... I can minimize the outside and pull out these pretty good. Because if yeah. not, it'd been, I spent a lot of money on wings. I wouldn't want to like all that to go to waste.
0: But you met so many people.
1: I did. And check this out. <coughs> check out what a strategy this is. Now I have six new best friends for the rest of the festival.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you here till... When are you here till?
1: I fly home Monday. Okay. Yeah. What's today? I don't even know what day it is.
0: It's all a blur. But... I know that today is Friday.
1: Okay, today is Friday. That is good. Do I need to finish any of those thoughts that I just had? Now I can't remember because all of these people have descended upon us.
0: Yeah. So tell me this. What am I going to do if I go to uh, Phoenix?
1: Oh my gosh, what do you want to do?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, one, I would love to get up and do stand-up. Okay.
1: So when you come to Phoenix, um, I just moved downtown, which um, I kind of did strategically so I could be closer to a lot of shows and stuff. Um, When you come to Phoenix, um, we can get you on a bunch of local shows. Yeah. And then, you know, make contacts at the clubs. We have three major clubs and, like, three or four, like, B clubs that are fantastic.
0: So that's six clubs.
1: Six club clubs, but then there's a lot of bar shows. Sure. Uh, We have one really popular show that's going to be at the festival tonight. It's Uh called This Week Sucks Tonight. Yeah. Uh, That's at 10 p.m. tonight at uh, one of the bars. But they perform in Phoenix. Um, It's a free show every Thursday night at Stand Up Live. So we have Stand Up Live, Tempe Improv, CB Live, uh, House of Comedy, Stir Crazy. And then we have a couple smaller venues like Improv Mania. And I used to work for Jesters. Um, and then a bunch of bar shows.
0: That sounds great. Because Our
1: Thursday night scene is crazy.
0: How's the... Uh, so is there, like, also a Spanish-speaking comedy scene there?
1: No, but everywhere I go, everyone's talking about that.
0: It seems like a big deal. In New York, there's this guy, uh, Chano Garcia. And I have an uncle named Chano. For real?
1: Sure, for Feliciano.
0: There we go. That's probably what uh, Chano's real name is, too. Yeah. And then, uh, and then there's uh, Carmen Lynch and Brian Grazi. And the, these three... Comedians in New York have started doing stand-up showcases in Spanish. And I was fortunate enough to do two of them. And I have uh, have started doing sets in Spanish as well. Uh, and so, yeah, one of them's online right now. And uh, But I'm looking forward to incorporating a lot more Spanglish into my sets. I do some now. And it's basically what I call it is Spanish for English-language-only audiences because anybody can get it. That's neat. You know, as long as you, all you need is like a freshman year in high school intro Spanish yeah. class that you got a C minus in, and you'll be able to understand where I'm coming if from. If
1: I could write a script, yeah, write a set, and script it out, and memorize it, I could perform in Spanish. I just don't, I need to work on the, the, the language.
0: You got to get your mom to help you out a little bit. But my mom. She doesn't like your act?
1: My, no.
0: She loves your act. No. <laughs> she, here's the thing. She's okay with it.
1: No, she she likes just to see me up there. Yeah. So her response to my Spanish is, Hi, me baby, she looks so nice. Her earrings are sparkling. Oh, she, I want my baby to look nice. Yeah, that's what she sees. Like, oh is look at Mary. proud of sense. you when oh, yeah. she sees
0: you up there being bold and.
1: Yeah, and now she gets a lot. And the couple times she's come to a show, she gets a lot of attention. Yeah, she just likes seeing me up there. At first, she was worried that I was making fun of her, and I'm like, I am, but everybody loves you, ma. And she's like, ah, oh, you make it fun of me. I know. She, she's like, I don't know what you're saying, but everybody laughing. She's just, like, seeing me up there. And it's neat. It's neat to have a, a traditional Mexican mom who never, ever once, and neither of my parents have ever been like, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to get married? Like, they are like, don't do it. It's not worth it.
0: That's great. <laughs> it's weird because my grandmother, on my Mexican side, she had so many kids. But uh, very few of my um, father's brothers and sisters have had kids. Oh. So I don't actually have that many, um, like, cousins on that side. I think a lot of them were like, whoa, it is terrifying to have kids based on how we were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's really nice. But uh, I need to get them out. It's my dad's fault. They don't like to go anywhere after, like, 2 p.m. Sure. So it's hard to get them out. Well,
0: he's an older dude, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. They're 70 now. And, and super retired, my dad's. I feel like he's slowing down, but my mom's ready to go. She wants to do shit. She's been, you know, working at home her whole life, in the home for her whole life. So she's, like, up for any adventure. But she drives me batshit most of the time. Why is that? She just does things that really bug me. But I love her, and I have to remember to, like, be kind. And she's getting older. It's, like, um...
0: Yeah, appreciate them while they're around.
1: Absolutely. So it's fine. I mean, I'm really close with my dad, oh. I'm really close with my dad, but, um, but I love my mom too. Oh, now I'm gonna miss them and be sad. So when I'm at a festival or I'm, I'm out of town, I've been drinking and having fun, you kind of get tired. I inevitably get kind of homesick or sad. Like my emotions are usually pretty easily. Raw yeah, cause you're on like. On the surface? Cause I'm like away from home or whatever. But. Oh, so Phoenix. So we can do shows and then um, eat food. Like um, so, there's great restaurants, um, especially around downtown. Now I've been exploring all of that, and and I think Mexican food changes the farther west you go. Like I'm a Baja Mex style. Yes. And I think once you leave San Diego, everything else kind of gets into like Tex Mex, Southwest Mex, and it's to me the difference is pinto beans or black beans. Yeah. So food, um, we have a great pool at my new building. Um, and then I also really like, um, depending on how much you know you wanna do, um, I like, um, oh, there's some good resort, casino, spa type places. I don't know, people like to hike, I don't do that.
0: Sure, how um, are the wild animals? Do you have coyotes, rattlesnakes, bullshit. tarantulas?
1: So this is why I sold my house and moved downtown. Yeah. Um, Scorpions.
0: Okay, that's always terrifying. In your home. Yes.
1: Uh, I I sealed my house, and I had monthly pest control, but you would still find a scorpion every once in a while.
0: Um, Have you been stung ever?
1: No. And like I said, I just sold my house and moved out, because I was in the suburbs, and where there's a lot of development, that's driving all these critters in.
0: It's shaking it up.
1: Yeah, so I moved downtown, whereas... I don't think you're gonna get that downtown at all. Knock on wood. Um, there's something called javelina. Yeah. Do you know what that is? What would you say it was if you had to guess what kind of animal that was?
0: Oh it's my. It's in Arizona. God, a javelina? Javelina. Is it, a, is it what you call um, badgers?
1: No, but that's a good guess. It's like a boar, like a pig. Sure. Like so a wild... you
0: have wild ass pigs that have been yeah. left to go feral?
1: Oh, no, no. They already were feral. They're like like warthogs or something. Yes. And you find them in the desert. Um, and So some people live at the base of mountains, so they get that more. So they'll get rattlesnakes, bobcats, javelina, scorpions galore. I think there might be some, ter- I don't want to say that, spiders, big sure. spiders. Maybe
0: black widows, brown recluses. Yeah,
1: probably, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. The desert is scary AF. Yeah. It's getting louder in here. Um I
0: love coyotes though. They're my favorite animal. Lots of animal. coyotes. Yes.
1: Oh, and roadrunners.
0: And I've only ever seen those in cartoons.
1: Oh my gosh. At my house like, you know, in the neighborhood, um, I would see like a, a roadrunner. You're like, I literally just saw a roadrunner so running. So why are the they road... called
0: that? Is it because they just run along highways?
1: Yeah, like anywhere. They have these little feet and they just skedaddle. Uh-huh. You know, they and they and they it's like this smooth line. They're just like zoop. So Coyote, and it makes sense. Just like the cartoon. I thought it was a cartoon, but it's based on real real life
0: events. Yeah, I want to go backpacking in the desert for a week. Ooh, no. And maybe uh, go on a vision quest. <gasps> and then come back and uh, try to do shows at all the clubs. And oh, yeah. You can you know. do that
1: on your own. I'll tour guide you the other stuff.
0: <laughs> sure, that's fine. Yeah. I have
1: an, an episode I did a couple weeks ago with a guy named Stuart Preston, and yeah. he lost his son to suicide.
0: Wow. That's it really, sad.
1: It was really sad. I don't mean to take a, a hard right turn here, but but in the episode, we talk about he's been um, on this journey with, like, psychedelics. Yes. And he talks about an ayahuasca trip he went on. Um, and so he would be a good person if you wanted to do a, anything like that or a vision quest journey thing. I don't know. Because I don't I do not do that. But it was interesting. His 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 motivation. He wanted to be closer to his son in his mind. Yes. Um, and had some amazing, like... Uh, realizations from it.
0: Well, right now I'm in the middle of reading Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, oh. which is about the history of psychedelics in the United States. Oh, okay. And also uh, just the uh, how ubiquitous psilocybin mushrooms and other mind-altering chemicals have been uh, for human development and civilization yeah. throughout our history.
1: You should talk to my friend Stuart Preston.
0: Yeah. He has
1: a podcast called... What is it called? I'll look it up.
0: Yeah, anytime. I've done ayahuasca a couple times with my uh, family, and uh, both both experiences were uh, fantastic uh, for different reasons. But um, I uh, I'm I'm a big advocate. Oh, okay. Uh, if you don't have a, if you're not pre to schizophrenia or some sort of other. You know, a mental disorder um, that's going to, where this is going to push you over the edge. Uh, I definitely think that everybody should experiment at some point. As long as you're over 18.
1: Yeah. Well, that's cool. (laughs) See, look at that. I just learned something new about you in 43 minutes. It took. It's usually where you find the good stuff.
0: Well, there have been a lot of challenges that we've overcome today together. We have gone on a journey here at (laughs) Aloft.
1: You're so funny. From
0: the uh, spilled sprites. You the, know, this uh, is
1: why this should be maybe videoed, because, like, my ass knocked over that bottle yeah. after I spilled the Sprite, and George Bush saw all of it. Just That's kidding. right. I'm fascinated right now Yeah, with his you've family. got such
0: a crush on the former presidents.
1: Well, he does. He looks like a mix between George Bush and Don Henley from the Eagles.
0: Wow. That's right. This is the end of your innocence.
1: <laughs> that was a long time ago.
0: Deep cuts.
1: Oh, that's a, we did talk about wings. Um, do you eat wings in your real life?
0: No. Oh, okay. I eat fried chicken okay. sometimes. I really love fried chicken, and it's emotional. Uh, the woman who took care of me is my primary caregiver. She was from El Salvador, and when I was little, she would cook me fried chicken all the time.
1: Nice. And so that's my
0: number one go-to meal.
1: It's kind of like the help.
0: It is like the hell. Oh,
1: wasn't that the best scene? And
0: uh, and I also, pupusas are my other favorite food. Oh, nice. Is so, that Indian? No, pupusas come from El Salvador. That's
1: right. Okay, I'm sorry. So those
0: are the two things that I love. Fried chicken and uh, cheese and shredded chicken pupusas.
1: Um, we had a show in Phoenix at Lolo's Chicken and Waffles, and it was an awkward show because nobody really went there to watch comedy.
0: They wanted the waffles.
1: Well, the people would go there, you know, for dinner or their birthdays and stuff, so they didn't really care about the comedy, but as a comedian, we got a free plate, and that was really nice, so.
0: That's great. I can't, I don't know if that's a combination of food that I've ever uh, fancied. Like, I don't care for waffles at all, and so when somebody's like, you want chicken and waffles, I'm like, no, I want dinner. I don't wanna want to admit breakfast. it out loud,
1: but I don't like it either. Like I don't, how we're, I don't get it. I like, feel
0: too heavy afterwards.
1: Absolutely, but there is. I'm gonna walk there later. There's a dessert waffle place across the street, and I think it's if it's what I'm thinking about. It's like a, a authentic Belgian waffle, like a Liege waffle.
0: Yeah, and tell that, me all about the Liege waffles. That's
1: more like because I think a breakfast waffle, waffle tastes more like corn, like like cereal or like 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 pancakes. A liege waffle is more like a donut and a croissant, like grilled beautifully. Ooh, and they'll put like a cronut. Yeah, and they'll they'll put, but it's a, yeah. And it's got that like salty, buttery kind of taste. And they'll put like biscoff on it, cookie butter or Nutella. So I might check that out because I saw that it was very close.
0: You um, only live once, do it.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe that makes me think like, I'm like, you only live once, maybe you shouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I mean, when in Raleigh?
1: When in Raleigh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Appreciate everything, all the delights this city has to offer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I spent the most of my day in here. You doing did. this, So I need to get out. I need to go get a bathing suit is what I need to do so I can get in that pool. From Target. Yeah, I think I might do that. Um, I've rambled on enough. Um, thank you so much, Gabe Hey, Pacheco. thank you so much. How can people find you? Where should we go to uh, look you up?
0: I would love it if uh, everyone on here f- downloaded my album. It's called Risky Behavior. Gabe Pacheco, Risky Behavior. The album came out on 800-pound Gorilla Records in March. And uh, leave me a five-star review on Amazon or iTunes for that. Uh, My website is GabePacheco.com. And I have a podcast called Eat, Pray, Judge. And you can listen to me review movies on that. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Thank
1: you. We're going to have so much more fun in the rest of the festival. I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you guys for being here on this Oak City Comedy Festival episode of Wings with Friends. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Ciao.